0: Are you that weirdo who can't fall asleep unless there's a true crime documentary in the background? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hello, weirdos and friends. Welcome or welcome back to Happy Hour Gets Weird. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And we are a podcast where we drink drinks and talk about weird shit.
1: Yes, we are. What are we drinking this fine
0: day? Well, this is our last week of dry January, and I decided we (laughs) should... No, I can't wait. Counting the seconds. I decided we should go out with a bang, and I think one of the most popular mocktails is a Mai Tai. So I am drinking a Mai Tai, and it has all of the juices. It has lime pineapple, orange juice, and the secret ingredient, which is not a secret anymore because I'm going to tell you, is a few drops of almond extract. Oh,
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. And I like to top mine with soda water or club soda because I prefer bubbles like a traditional Mai Tai doesn't have bubbles in it. Mm -hmm. But I think with mocktails, I feel like you need a little bit of filler you don't have the alcohol in there and club soda is a perfect filler for that so if you want to see the pictures and the recipe measurements for that check out our instagram at happy hour gets weird pod and we always post our recipes and our pictures and we also interact with our adoring fans there
1: (laughs) (laughs) that drink sounds really good and i like to add bubbles to anything
0: me too We are preparing in Northern California, I live in the hills a little bit. We are preparing for a winter storm coming tonight for the next few days and the rest of the week. So I'm cozy, bundled up, just waiting, waiting for uh... your power to go out. (laughs) Yes. So I'm glad we're recording this before it goes out.
1: Well, if the storm hits, I want you outside with a camera looking for a Yeti. Do not fail the show.
0: You can count on me. Okay. You
1: can count on me. All right, Cassie. So what are we talking about today?
0: Well, you know that everybody hates a copycat. And mm-hmm. there, there's no exception when it comes to killers. So we are talking about copycat killers to stay on brand.
1: Yes, copycat killers. And I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what's worse, the original or the copycat?
0: Oh, oh my gosh, that is such a good question. That's a question for the ages. Um, you, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the original because if there wasn't the original, there would be no copycats. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the original. And most of the time, in my opinion, copycats are stupid
1: (laughs) the watered down version of the original yes and that's why i'm gonna say the copycat is worse (laughs) let's fight it out okay because they are the pathetic watered down version of the original they're like the bad sequel of humans
0: oh okay well all right i like that i'm gonna stick with the original you can stick with the copycat and next time i see you we will duke it out in the street to see who wins
1: russell or street bowling, one of the two. Yes.
0: Winner takes all. I challenge you to a street bowling duel. <laughs> first one whose bowling ball breaks was the winner.
1: That's all I want to do is bowl in the street. <laughs> okay. So I
0: am going first. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Are you ready?
0: I am. I have never been more ready for anything in my life. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot.
1: I know. I feel like I'm going to let you down at this no, point.
0: No, never, never.
1: Okay, so I have a few sources. Uh, I watched a show on Oxygen called Mark of a Killer, season two, episode four. I read some Wikipedia, as always, for Timeline. I read some articles from New York Times. I read a little bit of an article from New York New York Magazine, but my main source is a write-up I found on Murderpedia, an article called Copycat, The New York Zodiac Killer by Melissa Nurkinski. All right, are you ready to talk about the New York Zodiac? I am. So before I get started, I noticed that in a few instances, each of my sources had different dates, (laughs) which is always fun. So I did the best I could at putting the events in order to make the story easy to follow, and that's my disclaimer. On November 17th, 1989, East New York's 17th Precinct received a weird letter addressed to anti-crime. It read, this is the Zodiac. The first sign is dead. The Zodiac will kill the 12 signs in the belt when the zodiacal light is seen. The Zodiac will spread fear. I have seen a lot of police in Jamaica Ave and Eldon Lane, but you are no good and will not get the Zodiac. Orion is the one that can stop Zodiac and the Seven Sisters.
0: I'm already so annoyed. I'm just so annoyed. So beyond annoyed with this person. So like I'm full of rage. I just got enraged.
1: Oh, we don't even have a cocktail to calm us down. <laughs> At the time, police didn't think much of it. They received tons of bizarre notes in the mail, and the letter wasn't connected to any open cases. The 1970s California Zodiac was a distant memory on the other side of the country, so even that didn't stand out at the time and place of the letter. Mm -hmm. For reference, the Zodiac Killer is an American serial killer who operated in Northern California from the late 60s to the early 70s. He's never been identified, but originated the name in a series of letters sent to the San Francisco Bay Area Press. These letters included four cryptograms or coded messages. Mm -hmm. The Zodiac's victims include five confirmed dead, two injured, but possibly even more. Mm -hmm. He claimed to have killed 37 people.
0: And the whole... um his whole according to some of his letters and some of his cryptograms that were cracked his whole purpose for murdering people was to accumulate um servants in the afterlife so yeah he was crazy obviously and a fucking asshole clearly mm-hmm. yeah
1: but we're not going to get too deep into him we're going to focus on This Zodiac Killer, the Mm -hmm. copycat. So it's 1990 in Brooklyn, New York. On March 8th, 49-year-old Mario Orozco walked home at 3 a.m. He used a cane because of his heavy limp. Even though he had terrible eyesight and this severe limp, this man didn't want to take assistance, which no shame in that if you need it. Instead, Mario worked long hours at a restaurant. He was walking home alone after one such shift. Suddenly, Orozco was shot in the back. A note was wrapped around the gun, a zip gun, and placed beside the victim before the cowardly shooter ran off into the night. The note said, this is Zodiac. The gun and note were never found by police. Luckily, Mario Orozco survived. Mario was a Scorpio. Have you
0: ever heard of a zip gun? I was just Googling what a zip gun is. <laughs>
1: uh, a zip gun is just like a homemade gun, basically.
0: Oh. So
1: they don't leave the same kind of like striations that a traditional gun leave in a bullet. Uh, obviously, you can't trace it the same way because it's just like a homemade gun. And I guess okay. apparently um, in the 90s, a lot of poor young people that kind of hung out on the streets they would make them and it was sort of semi-common I guess at the time
0: oh interesting okay well I learned something new today had no idea what a zip gun was
1: yeah I didn't know either before this March 29th 1990 34 year old Jermaine Montenestro wandered the streets at 3 a.m. he had gone out and had a few and was intoxicated again without warning he was shot The shooter looked through his wallet but didn't take any money. Jermaine survived and was a Gemini.
0: Hmm. So we have a Scorpio and a Gemini.
1: Yeah. And I'm describing the state of these men not because I'm trying to like diminish them in any way. I just want people to see how the perpetrator in these crimes was clearly targeting people who were Unable to defend themselves, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And Joseph Prost was 78 years old. He was a World War II vet, lived a simple life on public assistance. He was out super late some nights looking for discarded food. He did it at night because he was ashamed that
0: he had to do it. Oh my goodness. Oh.
1: And yeah, it's sad. And in my opinion, the real shame is the way we take care of our vets. Um, but yeah. On March 31st, a stranger, a young man, asked Prost for a glass of water as he made his way home at one thirty in the morning. Prost refused because that's bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. The young man became angry and shot Prost. He left a note beside Prost's body before he left. This time, the police found the note. Joe Prost was a Taurus. Before Prost's unfortunate death the following month, detectives... Mike Cirovolo and Bill Clark spoke with him initially it was the case was treated as um, a robbery but then unfortunately Prost died so it was a murder so detectives spoke with him before he died both of the detectives were really worried about the implications of the cryptic note left behind especially Clark who had also worked on the task force who caught son of Sam Prost gave conflicting descriptions of the assailant and was ultimately not helpful in catching the shooter. Not to blame him. It was dark and he was elderly, traumatized, so many things. Also at this time, the first two shootings were not linked to the Prost murder because they were in another jurisdiction. As was the letter sent to the anti-crime unit at Precinct 17 at the very beginning of the story. So at the beginning of my story, when I opened with the letter that made you so mad, Mm -hmm. That was sent to a different precinct. So the police working on the Prose case had no idea about that. Also, just to give a little perspective on the time and place of these shootings, this was the 90s. So obviously, the flow of information was so different back then. Mm-hmm. Also, during this time, Brooklyn was going through an extremely high crime wave. So between multiple precincts and different jurisdictions, different overworked officers on each case different locations and little evidence it was hard to link these random shootings. A letter similar to the one found at the scene of the pro shooting arrived at the New York Post and we'll post the letters on our social media so be sure to check that. The note spoke of murders and zodiac signs. The journalist who received the letter took it to the 17th precinct. Again not the one that was investigating the pro's murder. The original other precinct so as as of right now it's still just totally confusing because nobody has put any of this together right
0: right and this this guy uh, who's uh, trying to kill people on the street based on their zodiac signs its honestly pissing me off even more because I feel like he's just giving astrology a bad rap Uh,
1: yes yes he is (laughs) like he also wants to take credit for all of these murders, but he's not smart enough to realize that he's killing people in different police jurisdictions. So the crimes can't be linked. And he's also killing people and leaving the evidence that he wants to be used to link all the crimes together, just on the street where
0: anybody or anything can disrupt it. So it's getting blown in the gutter. It's getting picked up by trash pickup. It's getting uh, anything yeah. by a, uh, a pedestrian it's getting picked up and thrown in the trash it's
1: i'm not gonna sit here and act like this
0: murderer is a genius because he's simply not i might change my answer because this guy is making me crazy
1: i honestly this guy sucks i fucking hate this guy he's infuriating (laughs) and the more i learned about him the more i disliked him okay so as i said a letter was sent to the New York Post, mm-hmm. and the Post journalist took it into the 17th Precinct again. Which is the
0: original precinct that got this weird, annoying- The
1: weird letter at the letter beginning, About
0: yeah. Orion and Zodiac and Orion yes. or whatever, such and such So Zodiac.
1: The police in that precinct still didn't have any links to the crimes. Mm-hmm. They just had these random letters. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Detective Clark made a visit to this precinct, found out about the note, and all the pieces finally began to fall into place. Although the first two victims hadn't died of their wounds, after cross-checking the dates of the shootings and the victim's signs, he found they matched the information in the letter. So now they realized that they had a serial, at least shooter, if not killer, on their hands. The journalist agreed to give the police a few days before breaking the story on June 19th. It was titled, riddle of the zodiac shooter the article frightened the community put pressure on police and amped up the entire situation
0: and it also gave this idiot some notoriety which is frustrating because that's exactly what he wants
1: police put deputies out in all the areas where another shooting was possible they also noticed that the murders had a pattern of 21 days apart and on a Thursday. So police are posted up all over the Brooklyn area waiting. Mm -hmm. The crimes have been focused on the area between East New York and Woodhaven for those familiar with the area, which I'm not, but I saw a map. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, the shooter was across the East River in Manhattan watching his latest victim, a homeless man named Larry Parham, who was sleeping on a bench. Parham was shot while he slept with another zip gun. He survived. Larry Parham was a cancer. There was also a note left behind at the crime scene. And a partial print was found on this note. And these notes, they have Zodiac symbols on them. They talk about victims. They kind of taunt the police. Mm -hmm. They're all pretty similar. And like I said, we'll post them. It's just a bunch of bullshit. Mm -hmm. He mimicked the uh circle and crosshairs of the original zodiac
0: killer Mm -hmm. i'm i'm loving that these people are like oh well fuck you i'm gonna live yeah
1: i'm wondering because of the fact that it is a zip gun Mm -hmm. he also only shot these men one time Mm -hmm. but i'm wondering if maybe a zip gun isn't the best gun i'm just gonna assume it's not as deadly as um yeah yeah as like if you actually buy a gun i feel like if you diy your own gun it's
0: gonna suck yeah i mean haven't you ever seen those like diy like cake shows it's always a mess
1: (laughs) or like the yeah when you try to, to make the cake and it's like a fail yeah i feel like the zip gun is the cake fail of weaponry yes with the help of parham a composite sketch was put together of who they believed was the new york zodiac killer but how could Parham give a description if he was asleep at the time of the shooting?
0: Well, I was thinking see-through eyelids, of course. Or he slept with his eyes okay. open. Have you ever seen anyone do that? That's freaky.
1: Yeah, I fucking hate that. <laughs> if you do that, get a sleep mask. Get your life together. That's He doesn't have see-through eyelids. It's actually this. Three days before he was shot... I'm going to try not to... I don't... This... I could not stop thinking about this. And I even rewatched part of the show that talked about it to make sure I didn't like make it up in a fever dream because it's so crazy to me. So, three days before Parham was shot, he was sitting on a bench when a stranger came up and sat behind him and they just started chatting, right? Uh huh. Just sitting on a bench at the park. Okay. This is the 90s, so you could just sit by people closely. Uh huh. So, these guys were chatting and the stranger asked Parham in their conversation what his zodiac sign was.
0: Oh so
1: Parham's like uh well I think that guy was the shooter because he asked me it was just a couple of days before I got shot makes sense right
0: yeah well that was not (gasps) the New York Zodiac he was just (laughs) being hit on just, he was just a fellow who found him attractive and wanted to n- know his sign. I don't
1: know if he was hitting on him. I was just never, talking
0: to him about birthdays. I've never asked anybody. Well, that's not true. I've asked people.
1: Okay, so if, if you know Cassie and if she's ever <laughs> once asked you when your birthday was, she's hitting on you. Just FYI. <laughs> I just think that the guy was the world's unluckiest astrology enthusiast. I don't fucking know. But... I just can't stop thinking about this guy and how unlucky he was because a composite sketch was made of this man. Oh no. And it was on the front page of newspapers. No. It was put up everywhere. No,
0: no, no. Okay. <laughs>
1: the police department was getting hundreds of calls oh, a day. Oh no. And it was not him. Mm. And I just can't <laughs> imagine being that unlucky. Fucking guy, man.
0: That sucks. This is my worst nightmare. One, Legitimately, one of my biggest fears is to be wrongly accused of a crime and have to spend my life in prison. That is my top three biggest fears. And this man was just trying to get to know his neighbors in his neighborhood park. And he's like, hey, man, enjoying the nice weather? Um, What's your sign? And then he was... His face was plastered all over Brooklyn and New York and the greater area as a, ma- a-, a serial shooter on the loose.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's just... The coincidence. Mess, I can't even...
0: The I can't co- even handle and, it. And Parham, the thing is, or Parham, Parham, uh, it's like, I would put the same together yeah, too. Yeah, it makes
1: sense. Yeah.
0: The first time in my life I'm sitting on a park bench and a man asks me what my sign is and three days later I'm shot by the Zodiac shooter? What are the odds? My goodness.
1: Maybe the Zodiac shooter saw a random guy and was like, hey, I'll give you five bucks if you ask that guy what his sign is. you know what? Any person would just be like, sure, like that's... You know, I I can ask somebody a question for $5, but I don't know. It's just, it's just a crazy story. And I just, I could not stop thinking. I would just
0: be like, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, you know? Yeah. I'll ask him why you interested. Sure. I'll go ask him his sign.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Oh my goodness. This (laughs) This poor
1: guy. I know. I know. So after all of this, another letter came into the post. This one was even more obnoxious and rambling. And although the Zodiac pattern was similar to the 70s California Zodiac Killer, no one really believed these crimes to be by the same hand. But the New York Zodiac was determined to have everyone think they were one and the same. In this letter, he wrote, This is the Zodiac. The note sent to the post not not." to any of the san francisco zodiac letter you are wrong the handwriting looked different it is one of the same zodiac one zodiac in san francisco killed a man in the park with a gun and killed a woman with a knife and killed a man
0: in the taxi cab with gun i i'm sorry have you heard of commas this is the most (laughs) oh okay i'm calming down i'm gonna i'm gonna bring my anger level down
1: I'm not sure exactly how those sentence structures
0: are broken up because I copied and pasted that from a website. (laughs) Okay, so maybe his grammar was lost in translation, but still annoying. But there are, yeah, there is no punctuation.
1: And I think he's trying to sound a little out there. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: He's trying to build the, like, Like, I'm a crazy person, and I... Yeah, and I
1: think he's trying to sound mysterious, but he's not smart enough to do it. Okay. (laughs) Then, for a while, the crime stopped. The Zodiac had too many eyes on him, and since clearly he was a coward that shot helpless men in the dark, he wasn't up for trying to evade police or fight anyone off. The task force dwindled down to a few police officers. Two years passed. On August tenth, 1992... 39-year-old Patricia Fonte met a man at Highland Park near the reservoir. They chatted and flirted, and she agreed to accompany him down to the reservoir shore. The man shot Patricia, and when she didn't die, he stabbed her over 100 times in a furied panic until she died. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Patricia was a Leo. I know, it's awful. On June 4, 1993, Jim Weber was walking home at midnight when he was shot in the butt. He survived. Jim was a Libra. On July 20th, 1993, Joseph Diacone was shot at Highland Park. He didn't survive. Joe was a Virgo. And on October 2nd, 1993, 40-year-old Diane Ballard was shot while she sat on a bench in Highland Park.
0: Luckily, she did survive. Diane was a Taurus. Two Tauruses now. He's doubled up on Tauruses. Oh, I didn't notice that. I think so. If my memory serves me correct, I could be wrong.
1: No, I think you're right. Hmm. I didn't notice that. Just like the first of the New York Zodiac's crimes, these later crimes were not immediately connected. On August 1st, 1994, the Post received another letter from the New York Zodiac with the new latest victim's names and a totem pole drawn on it. Then the New York Zodiac disappeared once more. Hmm. The question remained... Who was the New York Zodiac who admired serial killers so much he would become a copycat killer himself? And how would he ever be caught? Police had that partial print, and that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. They didn't really have anything to go on. Um, They did end up getting uh, a witness who saw something, and the composite sketch from that was closer to how the actual New York Zodiac looked Mm -hmm. than the the first attempt at that which was a huge fail Mm -hmm. Um,
0: but really police didn't have anything to go on I just can't believe that they the media and the police ran with a composite sketch while circumstantially it seemed to make sense but not no witness saw that man actually committing a crime and they just plastered his entire face all over the city yeah it's kind of crazy I mean, I'm sure they were desperate and the public was scared and it was, you know. I think it was like titled, Is This the Zodiac? Oh, okay.
1: But that doesn't help. Yeah, because. Because why would you put that unless you assumed
0: it was? You wouldn't just be like. Yeah.
1: Is this guy Zodiac? No. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's a person of
0: interest. They could have said, you know, this could be a person with information regarding this. Zodiac, if you know him, please tell him to contact law enforcement. I mean, is this the Zodiac is a little bit provocative and it's kind of misleading.
1: Yeah. So luckily for us, unlike the California Zodiac, the New York Zodiac was caught. <laughs> but it took a couple more years to get there. Oh, dang it. On June 18th, 1996, Harry Heriberto called Eddie. Seda was in a fight with his 17-year-old sister because he didn't approve of the boy she had over. Eddie Seda was born July thirty-first, 1967 and still lived at home. He considered himself the man of the house because his dad left when he was young. He was a loner, he never dated, he was religious, and went to church every week, which made his mom proud. He had no job and dropped out of school at 16 when he got in trouble for bringing a weapon to school. He was clean cut and attractive. He didn't have a job, but instead he got money from this stupid scam of shoving plastic bags into the return slot of pay phones and vending machines. Oh my- and then after a few days... He'd go and retrieve the change wedged in the machines. And I. this is just another thing that just for some reason pissed me oh off. My God. It's so like
0: bad. more work to shove a plastic bag into a payphone than it is to just get a fucking job.
1: And how much is the return? Oh my God. Like, how much could you possibly be making? I hate office? this
0: man. I fucking hate <laughs> this man.
1: I know. The area where the Sadas lived was known for drug dealers, and sometimes Eddie would inform a local police officer when he knew there were drug dealers hanging out. Okay. All right, yeah. which is kind of strange. It's like you're he is a narc on the drug dealers hanging out in the neighborhood. But then we see what he actually is.
0: Well, he's a little bit a lot of bit actually hypocritical. Not only is he a thief stealing phone change. <laughs> yes. Uh but he's yeah, also a murderer or or is he? We'll find out.
1: what if he ended up not being the new york zodiac and i was just like i just i think you know i just wanted to tell you about eddie (laughs) eddie was very possessive of his younger sister and when they were growing up he was physically abusive to the point that social workers were involved but that ended when his sister got a little bit older god i hope she fought back and kicked his ass eddie being the loner that he was loved to read especially about guns and serial killers. He idolized Ted Bundy, which of course he did. But most of all, Eddie loved the Zodiac Killer. And his obsession with these murderers, his isolation and desire for attention and some twisted form of admiration led him to become the New York Zodiac. So here we are, 1996, and Eddie is fighting with his sister because she has a boy over. Mm -hmm. The fight erupts. Eddie pulls a gun, another one of his homemade zip guns, Mm -hmm. and shoots his sister in the back as she's running away. Oh, my gosh. The boyfriend hides in a bedroom, and the sister, who fortunately survives the shooting, runs to the neighbor's apartment. She barricades herself in there, Mm -hmm. and the neighbor calls 911. Seventeen officers arrive at the scene. Shots are fired. Eddie shoots down at police from his apartment window And after hours of this dramatic standoff, the boyfriend is basically like a hostage in the situation. An officer convinces Seda to surrender. They lower a bucket from the roof of the apartment building to Eddie Seda's window, and he puts all of his weapons, all of his bullshit zip guns in the bucket, and then they get him out of there. So while in police custody, Eddie Seda wrote a written confession about the standoff. But in his confession letter, he also drew this weird little symbol with sevens that the detective kind of thought was um, unusual. Mm -hmm. The detective thought about the symbol that he drew on his his, um, confession about the standoff and then thought back about the zip guns that they had confiscated from his apartment. Mm -hmm. The detective interrogating him thought that all of these things were unusual. And then he thought about the New York Zodiac killer. So police compared the handwriting of the New York Zodiac's notes to the confession that Seda had just written, written, and they knew that they had him. Police held him on shooting at police officers during the standoff, so he was in custody. And while he was in custody, police compared Eddie's fingerprints to the partial that they had found on that old note, Mm -hmm. and they were a match. And even though police matched, at this point, a fingerprint, they had the zip guns, and the handwriting was the same, Mm -hmm. police still wanted Eddie to confess. So they interrogated Eddie. They put up pictures from the crime in the room, which Eddie kept looking at. They obviously didn't bother him at all, because he's just awful. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Eddie Sada confessed to all of the New York Zodiac's crimes, Police had finally got him. And I mean, everybody was so happy and so relieved. Some of the original detectives at the time that the crimes had started had even retired by the time they got him. So, I mean, this had been going on for a while. And I know that these cops were just so happy to finally get this fucking dirtbag. In the trial, Seda's defense tried to claim that Seda only sent the letters and didn't commit the crimes. But everyone saw past that lie. Also, in the trial, Eddie, like, flipped out and tried to rush the judge.
0: Oh, my God. Of course he did. Which is just... Fucking, of course. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Don't you have anything better to do, like, steal change from a payphone to support your family, (laughs) man of the house? It just sucks. On June of 1998,
1: Harry Bertho Eddie Seda was convicted of being the New York Zodiac killer. His sentence was 83 and a half years before being eligible for parole and then in a separate trial he was convicted of the attempted murders and sentenced to and sentenced to 152 and a half years since sada was born in the 60s he obviously had nothing to do we with the original san francisco zodiac killer's crimes
0: yeah unless he was like 10 <laughs> I mean, what if he was? Honestly, what if he
1: was a smart ten-year-old and then a stupid twenty-eight-year-old? <laughs> he just got dumber every year. Maybe it's like Benjamin Button, like he reverse. He started off a genius as a baby, just got dumber every day.
0: Oh my gosh, this guy! I'm so glad they caught him. I am too. So, uh,
1: just as an example of how <laughs> earlier when I said he was isolated mm-hmm. and never dated, I was not exaggerating. While in prison at 35 years old, Eddie Seda had his first romantic kiss with his girlfriend, Cynthia China Blast, who was a fellow inmate at Attica. She um, is trans, so they were at the same prison. Oh, okay. Cynthia even got a special tattoo on her ring finger with Eddie's initials and a tiny zodiac symbol. Oh,
0: my goodness. Oh, Cynthia, you're no better. You pissed me off, too. Oh, my God. Really? No, she
1: dated a She even talked about she dated some really despicable men in prison. Um, so I just wanted to share that because the fact that he had never even kissed somebody until he was 35 is that just really shows that he was extremely isolated into himself. Yeah.
0: And, you know, when you're this is so I mean, we do this. I feel like we do this every time. Uh, the person that i'm going to talk about in a minute is the same ex- extreme isolation i feel like as humans we are not meant to be lone wolves yeah lone wolf yeah, no. is even wolves okay. aren't supposed to be lone wolves they're you're supposed to be in a pack so i severe isolation is can be so mentally degrading i mean
1: he had his mom and his sister but he didn't have any friends or any social or a job or education or anything, you know? I mean,
0: you look at look at how severe isolation... Look at Ed Gein. Severe isolation, even with his mom. I mean, we all know yeah. how that turned out. It's not good for the human condition to be socially isolated like that. No. How's quarantine going?
1: <laughs> so the article that I found... About Eddie and um, Cynthia's relationship was from 2004. So I'm not sure where their relationship stands now. I hope they broke up because I don't think he deserves any sort of a happy ending. No, I hope she dumped his ass. And today, obviously, the copycat New York Zodiac still sits behind bars. Good. And the original Zodiac killer
0: has never been caught. No, he hasn't. And you know what? Joke is on the copycat because those payphones don't take change. (laughs)
1: he's just in there screaming (laughs) i'm trying to raise money for me and cynthia
0: we want to get married wow that was fascinating and infuriating and i had never heard it i had heard of the zodiac copycat but i didn't know the details so yeah me either
1: i didn't know anything about it
0: um you know i think he just got just a coincidence i think he happened to get I say lucky for lack of a better word, when he went to uh, attempt to murder people and they were all different signs. I think in New York, it's probably a higher likelihood that you would run into different signs.
1: I agree. The police in the um, Oxygen show said that they never figured out how he got the first four victim Zodiac signs. Mm-hmm. They think that they he might have followed men, he might have stolen wallets, um looked at mail, you know, mm-hmm. to to try to check. And also I wanna just say that although it did take a long time, well not that long, but it did take a little bit of time to catch Eddie. I mean not that long. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason why it even took that long is just because he was killing strangers mm-hmm. with an untraceable weapon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't because Eddie Seda was some genius. Mm-hmm. He was not. But if you are in a big city where there's a lot of people and you're shooting strangers in the dark at 2 a.m. in the morning when nobody's around, Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, obviously less likely that you're going to get caught. Yeah. I think, I don't think that it's like any, I don't think that it says anything about him, like, you know, getting away with stuff or something.
0: No, I mean, he was abusing his little sister in the name of trying to look out for her I mean he was a well-rounded piece of shit that's for sure yeah he's just yeah good riddance rotten hell
1: I just don't want it, it to be misconstrued that I think that there was any sort of craftiness on his part for why he didn't get caught I don't think that at all I think it's a big city where there's a lot of crime and there's you know
0: sometimes things just take a little bit of time yeah to be solved yeah that was an interesting copycat tale and thank you for sharing all right, what do you have for me? All right, well, my copycat is also an idiot, clearly.
1: <laughs> they can't even think of their own
0: <laughs> thing. I, I know, it's like, uh, yeah, I, idiots. Uh, I have. I'm speechless, <laughs> and that's hard for me. All right, so I will give my sources at the end because I don't want to give it away. Okay. Uh, But have you ever heard this song? One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, Um, better lock your door. Okay, and then it goes five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. All right. Mm -hmm. That is the song that if you heard that in your nightmare, Freddy Krueger was going to kill you. And an interesting fun fact behind that song is my uncle, when they were making Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street, was a key grip for the studio that put out Mm -hmm. this movie. And those are actually my twin cousins singing that song.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. How have you never told me this? Uh, It's
0: my great uncle and my second cousins.
1: Oh my God. I was going to say, are we going to get sued? But we can't because they're basically related to you, the singers of the song. Yeah. I mean, they are related to you. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, isn't that wild? Can we post the gif and the story of Freddy Krueger walking down the alley where his arms grow really long? (laughs) Please? yeah, Please. It's my favorite. Yes. It's my favorite gif of all time.
0: Yes. Okay, so the whole reason that I bring up Freddy Krueger and that song is because my copycat killer thought he was Freddy Krueger, Come to Life. What? Yes. He did not copycat an actual killer. He copycatted a, a, a make-believe horror movie killer that was in itself not even a real person. Yes. Okay. And that... It, now I'm speechless. <laughs> it's just crazy. And and that idiot that I'm talking about is Jason Moore, and he lives in the UK. Okay. In 2006, Jason Moore lived in the UK, and Jason was described as odd. He was in his thing. <laughs> he was in his mid to late 30s, single, no kids, no family, no hobbies, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. no friends. Basically,
1: he was knives for fingers. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> wait, wait, Freddie had knives for fingers. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. uh
0: One hand, though. He had one glove, not both gloves, just oh, one a, hand, his right hand. Glo-
1: oh, that's what it was. That
0: was, what it was. Okay. He was pretty much a loner, and I don't think he was a loner by choice. He was just, I think, uh, repulsive to people. Uh, of all the things Jason didn't have, he did have two things. He was a true craftsman, his stonework was unparalleled where he worked, and he took a lot of pride in that. In fact, his whole identity was based on his his job and his craftsmanship. It was who he was. He had nothing else in his life. Nothing. Which is, which is wonderful to take pride in your work and to be good at what you do, but it's also bad to wrap your entire identity up in something like your job.
1: Or even just one thing, because if you only find any sort of value in one aspect of your life, if that one
0: aspect falls apart, that's your entire identity. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing he had was one friend whose name was John. And John was a really great guy, and he noticed that Jason didn't have much friend, and he was the kind of guy that was like, hey, you know, hey, bud, you want to grab a beer after work? and you know it was just, it was a real one-sided relationship jason didn't really reciprocate the kind of um back and forth that a true friendship has but you know john didn't mind he felt like he was you know doing jason a favor uh, a favor <laughs> he felt like he was doing jason you know a solid like mm-hmm. yeah you know as time went on jason became more frustrated with his life as he felt like he was not in control of it he felt powerless in his own life he didn't do well with relationships romantic or otherwise and his life felt increasingly empty no matter what he did to try to change it it was at this point jason gravitated towards people who he thought had complete control over their lives and even the lives of others oh boy and that was serial killers Dahmer, Ted Bundy, Jack the Ripper, Zodiac even. Even though they were flesh and blood, the way they were able to get away with murder and how they were viewed by some in society glorified, Jason saw them as almost supernatural beings.
1: And that's the problem. That's like the problem is we want to learn about these people so that we can hopefully prevent these types of crimes from happening but then where do we cross the line
0: right 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 exactly it's such a it's a thin it's a very thin line he became obsessed all he wanted to do was research serial killers talk about them read about them be them it took over his entire existence but jason didn't stop at real life monsters he became even more obsessed with freddy krueger And the thing about Freddy Krueger was he was a horror movie, supernatural killer. He wore a a claw glove on his right hand. And the way that Freddy got to you was through your dreams. So when you fell asleep, he killed you in your dreams. And whatever was happening to your body in your dreams also happened to your physical body while you were sleeping in the movie. Mm -hmm. This is, if you don't know, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise that's that's freddy krueger in a nutshell the scariest thing about freddy krueger that made everybody basically it's one of the biggest horror movie franchises in the history of horror movies um it's pretty yeah
1: i think everybody knows who freddy krueger is or at least what he looked like with his scary
0: face hat striped sweater yes even freddy can't pull off horizontal stripes
1: I actually love the look and I would wear that outfit. So how dare
0: you? 2014 me would. Uh, <laughs> I actually probably had a striped shirt with black pants and like a green army cargo jacket and probably wore a fedora just like Freddy Krueger did. I think I wore that exact outfit to the
1: pumpkin patch two years ago. I think I have a picture
0: of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but the but the scariest thing about Freddy Krueger, the the thing that made everybody afraid, he got you when you were asleep because that's when you're most vulnerable, and it 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 was scary to to you know it was yeah. it's a perfect setup for a horror movie because what's the one thing we all have in common we all have to sleep,
1: yeah and like in those movies people will try to stay awake but you can only
0: do that for so long exactly and i can't think of a more vulnerable time than when you're sleeping i mean other than when you're like washing your hair in the shower and you have your eyes closed and you for sure someone's gonna burst in at that moment or there's a ghost mm-hmm. in the corner watching you yeah anyway i digress but once you saw freddie in your nightmare there was no escaping you were pretty much dead you're fucked yeah and like i said his weapon of choice was the infamous glove And it had long blades coming out, each of the fingertips, and it's, you know, it was fucking scary. I wouldn't want to see anyone wearing that in my nightmare or in real life. No. Also, it'd be hard
1: to get anything done wearing my glove hand.
0: (laughs) I mean, chopping herbs would be much quicker.
1: That's it. Pruning hedges. Pruning hedges. Okay, maybe maybe a bonus there, but don't go to the bathroom with that thing on. Are you going to
0: say chopping broccoli? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay so jason loved nightmare on elm street from the moment he saw it in the 80s he 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 wanted the power that he thought freddie had and in the movie Freddy krueger was an actual person this part of the storyline before he became the supernatural monster the backstory quickly is that he was a child molester in this town and the town people got together. They wanted him to pay for what he'd done to the children. They locked him in a basement and they burned him alive. And then Freddie enacted his revenge in their dreams uh, for being persecuted by these townspeople, basically. Well, Jason connected with this on some fucking weird, bizarro, crazy person level that he was also being persecuted in his life because he wanted friendships. He wanted relationships and he wasn't able to figure out how to make those work. And he felt like everybody was persecuting him for that. So it kind of like justified his weird fantasy that was beginning to build. As Jason sank deeper and deeper into this make-believe world where he was Freddy Krueger or he was like Freddy Krueger. Uh, he, In his mind, he morphed the flesh and blood serial killers that we actually really have to deal with. And mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, and he became this, I don't know, this dual thing this dual dual persona i guess and he actually made a glove out of a leather garden glove with blades coming attached to each one of his fingers and he would wear this glove he would wear he would wear this glove and he would feel powerful when he had this glove on and he would. Until he went to like scratch his face, <laughs> to cut his freaking nose off. <laughs> Until he went to like pet his cat and then, you know, shaved her. Yes. Um. So he would wear this glove when he was, you know, feeling like he needed an adrenaline rush. He would watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street over and over and over and over and over. It was, it, it's so weird. Um, this
1: is like what a teenager does when they get obsessed with something and they just like because teenagers are not adults yeah it's
0: strange it was it's very strange so finally he's fired from his stone mason's job he just completely was unraveling people were complaining about how weird he was he was just he was totally fired and that was the worst thing that could have happened because his stone mason's job was the only thing keeping him tethered to reality it was the yeah. getting up, going somewhere in reality, talking to real people, doing real work. It was. After he was Friday, he completely lost all touch.
1: I picture him going in every day wearing one more layer of the Freddy Krueger costume. <laughs> like, oh, Jason, I like your hat. Oh, new new sweater,
0: huh? Looks great with that hat. It's all, it's all tattered. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he at this you know before this he had two he had only two things in his life that made him feel in control made him feel powerful one was his job and one was this stupid fucking blade glove that he made (laughs) and the only thing that he had left was this glove now this Freddy Krueger DIY glove so he is just a hundred percent Freddy Krueger and off the fucking rails at this point after he all Freddy all the time all Freddy all the time Ugh. Yeah. So John, being the good friend that he was, knew that Jason was having a hard time about being fired. So he's like, hey, why don't we meet at a park? We'll hang out. You know, uh, let's just have a good time and talk or whatever you want to do. Uh, John did not know, I don't think, about his glove.
1: Oh, you mean you mean Jason wasn't just bragging <laughs> to everyone about the fact that he's hung out wearing a knife glove all the time? <laughs>
0: no, he, Weird. he didn't uh they were at the park it started to get dark so they head back to jason's house and between the two of them they drank a gallon of cider and john at that point didn't want to drive home so he's like i'm gonna wait you mean hard cider right yes yes of course not okay not just apple cider no yeah hard cider (laughs) okay uh so john doesn't want to drive home and he's like hey i'm gonna crash on the couch he's drunk jason's drunk But before John goes to sleep, he takes a sleeping pill. So here, Jason has John asleep on his couch. And Freddy Krueger only kills people when they're asleep. And he feels that this Freddy Krueger moment has come to fruition. And this is his time. This is his time. This is the moment. And he can't let this moment slip by this is when he is going to get the power back in his life and john becomes part of this sick fantasy that jason has been living so jason puts on his freddy Krueger glove and he's like you know talking himself up he's getting pumped up and he's like i'm gonna do it this is it this is me freddy and i become one and he jumps on John sleeping on the couch and begins <gasps> slashing him with his glove.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: and John is like in this deep sleep, like deep sleep. Yeah. He's drunk. He took a sleeping pill. This is like a, like a living nightmare happening.
1: And that just shows how much he trusted his friend. He was drunk and took a sleeping pill and slept on his couch. Yeah. Thinking in his mind, oh, it's fine. I have nothing to worry about. Totally.
0: Unbeknownst to him, terrible. Yeah, so he's woken up by a sharp pain in his chest, and he is he's fucking confused, doesn't know what is happening. The last thing he remembers is falling asleep on his friend's couch, and here he has a fucking, you know, bootleg Freddy Krueger trying to scratch his face off with a fucking garden glove, and. Jason slashing him and stabbing him, and now at this point, John is like his survival instinct kicks in. He starts fighting back, and and he is fighting, and they're slashing, and they fight for ten minutes. Jesus, ten minutes, and Jason is starting to become confused because in the movies, Freddy always kills his victims, and. Uh, John's not dying he's you know fighting back No, the victims always one swipe of the glove and they're, they're dead within seconds in the movie so Jason's like what the fuck is going on this is not how I planned because it's a movie and I'm an idiot
1: and then he looks at his glove and he realizes he used
0: spoons instead of <laughs> knives just a bunch of sporks <laughs> I swear he's so stupid uh <laughs> Okay. Oh, no, it's
1: a sport.
0: Yuck. So it's actually butter knives. That's what he used, to stupid <laughs> yeah, asshole. Uh, okay, so John is, like, realizing, oh, killing someone in real life is actually much harder than it is in the movies. And I'm a complete uh, stupid asshole. Uh, so John, at this point, is, like, one stab away from death. And oh my God. he is like, okay, fighting isn't working. This is a losing battle, you know. And he begins to plead with Jason. And he says, hey, man, it's me. What are you doing? Please don't kill me. Please let me live. Call somebody. Oh I need help. God. And fucking miraculously, the words, like, snap Jason out of it. He, like. Oh, thank God. He's, like, like, kind of gets back to reality. And he, like, looks around and he's just, like. The fuck am I doing? So he actually calls nine one one for help.
1: Oh, thank God! And the param, oh, thank God, yeah.
0: The paramedics get there. John is blood everywhere. He has cuts all over his face and his chest. And uh, this dumbass Jason is still wearing that fucking glove. Oh my God! He's still wearing the fucking glove. So they rush John to the hospital and they arrest Jason. And the police said that that arrested him they've seen a lot of like crazy weapons and this glove was like the worst thing that they've ever seen like the scariest kind of weapon
1: yeah that's seriously fucked up and i cannot believe that he would do this to his one fucking friend it's i feel so bad for his friend yeah
0: he was just trying to be a nice guy and Uh, yeah it's so weird it's so bizarre so they question jason and he claims he doesn't remember he claims that he blacked out and uh they they never get any answers out of him they he says you know i don't know why i did it i don't remember i just came to i don't yeah i made the glove was
1: blacked out from all the fucking cider i don't know but obviously he'd been building himself up towards
0: yeah I something. I honestly think this was uh, some kind of psychotic break. I think he, yeah. he had like a psychotic break. Um, so he is charged, obviously, with, I think it was, um, this is in the UK, so the charges were a little different, but it was basically like bodily harm with a deadly weapon or intent to kill or something like that. Um, he pleads guilty to it. And he tells the court that he is a damaged person, that he's deranged. He didn't know why he did it. He's broken. Uh, He was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of four and a half years served. Uh, And much like Freddy Krueger, who has had many sequels to come back, Jason Moore served his sentence and he has been released from prison. Oh, wow. Yeah, and John made a... You know as much of a full recovery as you can after being you know sliced and diced with a garden glove with knives attached to the fingers but he is he recovered he lived obviously they're not friends anymore i would assume um and i couldn't find any information on how long uh jason moore's prison sentence actually was how many how much time he served he served at least four and a half years which I'm going to say something, maybe in an unpopular opinion, but if this was some kind of psychotic break, um, I think four and a half years under the proper care, I mean, obviously in the moment he did attempt to kill his friend and in the moment his friend was able to get through that Mm -hmm. to him and then he realized what am I doing I don't want to kill my friend so I I, that leads me to believe like it was some kind of like psychotic break from isolation and poor self-esteem and just all kinds of weird shit that uh Jason Moore had going on and I'm hoping since I didn't find anything else out that he was rehabilitated and he got the care that he needed and he um stops watching horror movies.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying. I think he needed and probably still needs some psychiatric help, Mm -hmm. some therapy Mm -hmm. to help him deal with things. And that, I mean, it just obviously something was going on there. Yeah. Something, I think you're right when you say that he had a
0: break. I I mean, obviously, idiotic thing to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: but he was clearly very detached from reality. Yeah. To be an adult and to get that obsessed with the horror movie to the point where you are envisioning yourself as the main character. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I think that really says something about your mental faculties. Yeah.
0: So I think that he just had, you know, like I said, severe isolation can really, really fuck with you.
1: Yeah, it's like almost like when you're in a cult and you guys can all agree on, you know, you can all agree that we worship a cat and you guys are just all reaffirming each other Mm -hmm. in in isolation saying, yeah, what we're doing is right. It's like a cult of one. Mm -hmm. You're just telling yourself, yep, this is right. And nobody else is there to step in and say, wait a minute. Don't put those knives on that garden glove.
0: (laughs) That's don't do it. No, that's not what people do. Mm -mm that's not he just had somebody
1: there maybe that wouldn't have happened yeah
0: I think yeah I think if he did have somebody there even if they didn't say they didn't have to say I think if he would have had somebody they wouldn't have had to say hey Jay um you know where's my other garden glove have you seen (laughs) my gardening glove and um you know I had three pairs of scissors in my crafting room and I can't I can't seem to find them.
1: Did he use scissor blades or knife blades? You know, did it say, um, did he actually use knives?
0: No, they weren't knives. They looked like those hardcore, like fabric scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a picture nice. of it. I will post that also on our social media. It's just, like, it's a pretty scary. L- yeah. Like if I saw someone walking down the street with this on their hand or my friend came out and was like oh look what I made I wear it when I'm alone I'd be like uh excuse me I'm gonna that would probably be the only instance that I would drive my fucking drunk ass out of there
1: I am actually gonna make a spoon glove (laughs) for next time I see you (laughs) so be ready for that I I do think that the whole point of prison is rehabilitation Mm -hmm. for most people Mm -hmm. so I'm happy that he got help I don't think in my case, I don't know if rehabilitation would work for somebody who tried to kill that many people. No,
0: no. He's no. Um, uh,
1: but if it can work, I'm happy when it does work. I'm happy that it can work.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm just glad John survived. And what a crazy ordeal. He said uh, a quote from him in the hospital is he said it, it was like uh, living a nightmare. Yeah, And it was literally like a fucking inception uh, mm-hmm. situation where it was like living a nightmare inside of a nightmare, inside of reality, inside of a nightmare. It's so scary. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps up our copycats episode. It sure does. And I, I just want to answer your question. I think copycats are worse than the originals.
1: You changed your mind I change, after this one episode? Mm-hmm. You changed your answer? Yeah.
0: Uh, call me a flip-flopper. But I... Th- they're pretty annoying. They're just... It's annoying to me.
1: <laughs> now we don't have to do our bowling duel.
0: Well, we'll do that anyways. Okay. We can okay, do good. that anyways. I was really
1: looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We really do feel so grateful for all of our listens and um, we love being able to sit down and have a weird ass happy hour and have people join in by listening and um, we just are so grateful. So thank you so much.
1: Yes, we're having so much fun and next week
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we will be done with dry january oh yeah baby it's
0: time so be
1: ready yes we are drinking be ready
0: full-on leaded cocktails and <laughs> there might even be a drinking game involved next week
1: yes i cannot wait i know i'm excited i cannot wait so look so check forward our to our social that. media yeah so check our social media before you listen to the episode for
0: rules yes all right and on that note love yourself,
1: lock your doors, and light
0: some sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that.